Don't forget the bait. I got the rods. Welcome, Welcome to, to Everything, everything angling, angling, where we cover everything, everything angling. angling. I'm Justin. And I'm Tosh. Welcome back. How you doing? How you doing? So a couple weeks late. We both were busy on separate different week or Wednesdays. Yes. Yes. Life, uh, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, so we'll do some front of house stuff and we'll just go from there. Well, first off, I'm Tosh. Oh, yeah. I'm Justin. I I'm forget because I had the intro in later and everything like that. So, yeah. So, um. Well, what, you got anything on the front of house? What, have you been doing any fishing? Got any fishing? No, no, we haven't started fishing yet. Emily wanted to go out really bad today, but she had to work. Today would be a great day to yeah. get out before We were going to go to Finley for rock bass. Yeah. Yesterday was also a pretty nice day out there. Oh, yeah. It's getting to be springtime, and weather's getting up there. But one thing I want to touch on is the water's not warm yet. The water is still oh, right. very, no, very cold. Yeah, really cold. And uh, would, like, take just a second to, you know, give respect to the um, – Mr. Henderson that uh, passed up on a Hoover, the, I think it was last weekend, um, at a catfish tournament. The winds are up. No, it wasn't last weekend. It was the weekend before last. So um, catfish tournament they're hosting up there. Hoover's a 9-9 uh, nine, nine lake. I think it's 14-foot length limits. And we had some crazy winds, crazy mm-hmm. winds that day. So uh, if you're going out and you're going around fitting the water and you're going to be fishing on the boat, it may be 75 degrees. Our water Indian Lake right now is about 48, 45 degrees. That still will take your breath away. Wear your life vest. Don't think you're ever too old not to wear it. So when we did the ice fishing uh, thing for the kids a couple months back, that's the biggest thing that people don't realize is that shock when you, yeah. you inhale that. For, and that's you, that kills. That's what kills people. Yeah, you sucking in the cold water does more damage than anything. Anything. Yeah, and then because even you're wasting those precious minutes at max yeah and just get water out of your lungs yep versus trying to get back to the boat and and i don't know his story but like we were sharing off the, the bat that uh before we start recording indian lake lost a man fourth of july weekend indian lake kind of has a curse around fourth of july um yeah uh and it's just probably because of how indian lake is for fourth of july yeah crazy but he jumped in older man mid-70s jumped in to fix his boat prop never came back up he had a heart attack yeah but you imagine that like just i think he got stuck in the mud or something at first and had got there was something something where he he freaked out but yeah it's it's not hard when the water's cold no and and 48 degrees i mean you may think that that's not cold take yourself outside do those little ice plunges and whatnot where they're sitting in 40 degree water Mm -hmm. it's hard to even sit in it for a minute or two definitely so 48 degrees will still if you're not expecting it it'll take you away we could start a whole thing about horror fish stories. Oh, yeah. I have I have lots of bad horror fish stories. Maybe that's what we'll do a little bit today, because I got a couple ones, for, and there's always safety lessons to learn out yes. of them. Yes, and well, usually most of, most of your fishing stories that involve that 20 to 30 year age, it either ends great or ends bad, because well, fishing goes hand in hand with I'll a lot of other bad. I'll tell you why a little bit. I'll tell you why I hate snowmobiles. Oh, Lordy. I hate snowmobiles. Man, once on Indian Lake and once at Burt Lake, but and you, we had some other front of house stuff. The yep. biggest cheaters ever. Oh yeah, yeah. The Runyon and Kaminsky case. They got sentenced. You were telling me, but I haven't looked into it. So you go ahead. It, they got sentenced, and this is just off memory. I'm not. Yeah, reading it roughly, off roughly, roughly. It's um. They got probation for five years. They lost their fishing license for three years. Um, a hundred thousand dollars in fines, and uh, Kaminsky lost his boat. Now, this is not the boat they won. This is his boat. The boat they won, they sold. Oh. Yeah. So, and if you know anything and been following these guys, they've been probably the most winningest pair team for three years. (laughs) Three years. Fish love lead. I don't know what it is about it. Didn't they have six pounds of lead in that last one? Eight pounds of lead and five fish. So, now I get it. Like, not noticing... Like over, what was it, five fish? I think I believe it was five fish. So noticing a pound, you know, yep. higher over five fish ain't that big a deal. Like, because yep. you, you, as fishermen, you can kind of look and be like, I kind of know what that fish weighs. Yep. And if you're off by a pound, you know, it's like for a basket, you're like, oh, whatever. 
when I think that basket now, once again, this is months and months ago now. Mm-hmm. I think that basket was 35 pounds, 32 pounds, somewhere yep. in there. It was over 30 pounds. 30, it was 35 pounds and yeah. change. And then looking at those walleye, and they're like, those are all three pound walleye. Yeah. Well, Where? it wasn't just that. It was also the fact that what's really funny is had they not even put the lead in the fish, they still would have won. won. So, I mean, it's one of those dumb, dumber moments. But then to hear the sentence, at least on my behalf, I'm, I'm taking it back. I mean, it's I, ridiculously low. Yeah, because these guys won hundreds. I thought it was hundreds I think of thousands if you of count dollars. Prizes, it's up to three million dollars between the pair. It was something crazy. Three million dollars, yeah. because we and Jay talked about it on a different show, like when it was happening. Yeah. Uh, and it was like three million dollars in prizes, and you know, yep. trucks and boats and whatever other garbage else they won. And then probation. I can understand probation. They're not violent offenders. I don't. I would not want anybody to go yeah, to jail. Yeah, I don't jail. care about that. That's not my thing. It's a financial crime. The financial, not- the hundred thousand dollars, and then you're only losing your license for three years. I think it should be lifetime. I don't. I would have never let him have a license again. And as a tournament director myself, and dealing with other tournament directors, we put a lot of time, energy, and money and into our tournaments. And you to guys, see people like this, it's and the like, other competitors, oh, yeah. Because it's, uh, I think that's maybe what they lost on, like the the government officials maybe weren't thinking about, is that not only did they steal from the tournaments, yeah, they stole from the other competitors that put in weeks, hours, months into well, this not, stuff. And just think, I mean, one tournament. Let's mm-hmm. just take one tournament. They finished first. They cheated on the guy that placed eleventh. He would have placed tenth. Mm-hmm. The money difference between eleventh and tenth sometimes is thousands of dollars, right? And then everybody would have been bumped up. So in my mind, I'm. I'm so, I'm a little bit upset. Those are I, all separate crimes in my in my mind. Yeah, because well, like you you're saying eleven to ten except the last. Yeah, one. Yeah, and I get that. We can't prove that they ever. I cheated. would never let them have a fishing license again. So if no. you get caught here in Ohio, you lose every bit of gear associated yep. with catching that fish. Yep, and that's where they lost the boat and but, they lost the gear. Yeah, well, they should have lost the truck and then yeah. I would agree. But I yeah, it's just it's politics. Could yeah. you imagine being the judge? Being a fisherman, and if I was the judge and the fisherman, I would have been just, no, maxed. Thank you. Yeah, let's see. Uh, or being a lawyer and being an outdoorsman. Have you ever had a fish in your house? Okay, yeah, we're taking I, that. Or I'd be asking how much you boys win. I'll represent you for 90% of that. Hmm. I mean, I, it's just wrong in my mind. Just but. It, It's the level of cheating. The yeah. level of, like, I, a pound of lead through five fish is one thing. Eight, eight pounds, pounds. Over a pound of lead each and each fish. That's a fish and a half extra. Yeah. I mean, and they they weren't big fish. If anybody may not realize, like, look up the pictures. Like, they weren't monster walleye, you know. They- I'm waiting. Have you seen they were doing a documentary? They're filming oh my a documentary gosh. while this happened. So there was a guy on the boat. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and it's really, I've seen some of the clips. And Wait, they were filming a documentary while they were doing the while tournament? While they were doing the tournament. And the, the cameraman says he never seen anything. He never, you never nothing. But it, at one time, Runyon turns and says, I'm pretty confident about this one. I think we got this one in the bag and talks to her. And that's been like the little clip that's going across Facebook, or, you know, just, just how arrogant he was. <laughs> it's that, and that's to me, that's another reason why I, you wouldn't get the fish in Ohio again. No, yeah, I would, especially in Erie and stuff like that. I think somebody international if, if, waters. If, if some guys seen him out there, they probably make sure that he won't fish on Ohio waters again. Oh no, yeah. he's got that stigma. They both have that stigma forever. Yeah. Everybody knows who these guys are. Mm-hmm. Their faces have been plastered. But. I can't believe they were about to, like they were going to string him up in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the director I think was a detective or one of the directors and whatnot. Don't ever quote me on this. Does this is just fish stories from other fish stories yep. but the directors of the lewc or whatever it was one of them's a cop so as soon as it happened the guy comes in and goes hey we need to treat this like crime scene mm-hmm. and then that's where you know um i think is uh lafoe nathan he uh had he had, was going live the whole time recording it all and everything so they did a great job of composing themselves they let them pull out of there even as they drove out you know people were videoing them they didn't kick in their truck didn't do nothing but to let him go and then to see this sentence, I wonder what will happen next time. I don't think you'll see such a nice group of guys saying, yeah, no, all right. no, it'll be taken care of at the boat ramp. Yeah, we're going to squash this right now. Yeah, we're going to let you walk of. away. We'll take your boat. Yeah. We'll take your money. You can leave. You might not have fingers have to, to walk. reel anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and that was, I mean, cheating is in all of these tournaments. You know, yeah. there's always, 
Uh, and you can only do so much. No, yeah, and especially you being like an event organizer, stuff yep. like that. There's only you can't scrutinize somebody because no, it's you unfair can't make treatment. the honest people suffer for right. the bad ones. So I mean, this year we got we added metal detector to our um, our little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not lying. I know, but it just made. We are adding think... a metal detector, and we got flatheads. All right, so flatheads, mm-hmm. you could you could stuff ten pounds. Oh of gosh. Lead in that. They eat ten pound fish, so exactly yeah. a flathead's weight will fluctuate. It'll look so. like a bag of like green beans. The way I'm wording it is nobody's going to get disqualified because also flatheads eat hooks. Flatheads oh gosh, eat, yeah, yeah. I mean nobody's going to get disqualified. I take length and girth measurements. I do the um, girth times girth times length divided mm-hmm. by eight hundred equals roughly. I'm Rough, always yeah. within a pound or two, and if your fish weighs outside of that. And beep, 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 beep. Well, then I'm probably going to stick my hand down the gullet and make sure. Well, but, we'll find out. Yeah, I'm not going to. Nobody's getting disqualified. And also, another thing I like about this is it will help me catch. Because um, last year, the second place fish had a festering hook in a gill fin, um, mm. a gill plate. And it had been there. It would rusted. There was no tip on it. But it was all the way through um, with line stringing out. So it might help me find stuff like that. I can pull, pull out. out. Yeah, and, help you know, it out. help the fish out. So, but. Yeah, that's what comes of it. You gotta I'm, buy a metal detector. For I'm sure they're all gonna have metal detectors next year for the walleye tournaments. Over in Japan, it's not that uncommon. The tournaments over there, of course, tournaments over there in like pay lake ponds and whatnot. Right. But uh, yeah, they have metal detectors on most of their bags and everything. I wonder if the I just because look at your shirt. I wonder if the ones. Huh? What's that? Uh, the the carp tournaments in or in Europe, man, that took a second. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the carp tournaments in Europe because that's really that's a really big sport fish in Europe. Yes. So I wonder if they weigh because you could you could put a lot of weight in a carp. Yes, you could, especially yeah. over uh, England and stuff like that because they already get really big. Yes, they yes they get massive, Pain. massively big. Cheating. So you want to do horror stories? Yeah, we'll just uh, fish stories, horror stories, good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> I just we got on that kick and it. I was I, like I got it. I was pulling them up. So, do you want to start or you want me to start? Go right ahead. I'll let you start. Okay. I was at uh, Mill Lake Dam, Arkansas. We were snagging for paddlefish. So, I don't know if anybody knows this. For Arkansas, there are sec- select dams you're allowed to snag for paddlefish and even game species. Wow. Now, this was the year we were there. So, it might have been, it might be changed now or whatever. But basically, you're allowed to keep like half of your game fish limit for select species. So I don't remember, like, off the top. Like, people are there snagging for uh, paddlefish, suckers, buffalo. And paddlefish are massive. Massive. And are they good eating? Do yeah. you eat them? Yeah, you make steaks out of them. Awesome. And the, so they're more just, like sharks. Anybody knows they're, they're um, a filter feeder. They're, yeah. Even though they're massive with a huge mouth, they don't. you'll never catch them if you don't snag them. Right, yeah. They're not, they're not eating anything. Their esophagus is smaller than a pen. Yeah. Uh, but the only reason they let them snag in Arkansas, because they are protected in Arkansas, the only reason that they're allowed to be snagged in select areas is because they are they're breeding. Okay. And these dams they drain down. So all the eggs there are gonna die anyway. So they're trying to move that population off. Okay. So if they keep getting eaten, you know, hopefully it'll start moving them down river. Cause I we've seen them in the Red River specifically, just piled up behind like sandbars and stuff like that, breeding. Wow. Uh massive fish just going over each other. It's crazy to Rolling watch. Rolling in the water and everything. Mm-hmm. You'd think you're seeing if you're farther off, that's how you see a lake monster. Is it's four or five, six foot long fish. Yeah. And they're splashing and it looks kinda like one big thing. Yeah. Uh but no, like we're there with a bunch of guys from Arkansas and we snagged so we gotta keep like a forty four pound flat and then a big like trash can blue. And the blues in Arkansas look like trash cans because they just eat garbage. Uh, but we were allowed to keep those guys. And the guys from Arkansas were helping us out. But there was a guy from Texas that kept walking up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Then he left. And we're like, oh, what's that about? And he's kind of like, ah, oh, that guy, you know, the people from Texas like claim rocks. Yeah. In Arkansas in these dams. And they get super, super mad that you're fishing the rock. Oh, wow. So we go to leave, uh, and as we're going home, we have three flat tires. And You was on the wrong rock. Yeah. He popped three of our tires. He put nails in three of our tires. Man. Uh, and not only, like, the one tire had, like, five or six nails in it, all different sizes. It was crazy. So we fished the other side of it the next time. 
Yeah, that would... We're not near the Texas border, by the way. It's not like half of this is Texas, half of this is Arkansas. We're in Arkansas. Yeah. Texas is like a 50-minute drive. Jeez. People are... Yeah. People get really, really protective of their And spots. it's not the Arkansas people. I'll tell you what. They were sweet as could be. They well, were... I think it's fishing everywhere. People yes. assert, and it's not any one spot. It's a certain mentality yeah. of fishermen. Get really, really protective of their public waters. It's public. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, man. I don't... I've never been ran off of spot fishing under threat of violence, thank God. I've been asked to leave. Like I like urban fishing when I was younger, going up to Columbus. And oh, everything. yeah. Yeah. I mean, asked to leave is one thing. We've been asked to leave. We've been fishing accidentally, you know, a little yep. bit this way, a little bit. And they're like, hey, you're on our property. Like, Yep. That's one we'll thing. We'll leave. Yeah. Yeah. But be ran off. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I almost would just keep going back there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just that mentality, though. Uh, we actually the big catfish tournament Indian Lake. It's the only time I've ever been threatened with violence to move. We were in <laughs> the boat hilarious. fishing Tecumseh. Okay. The deep side of Tecumseh. Uh, I can't say the right word. Tecumseh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. The island I live on. Yeah. So yeah. we're fishing the deep side of the bridge. Okay. A pontoon kept circling in front and started screaming at us to leave. It's like nine o'clock at night, and we're like, you can fish beside. Like it's. We're just parked. The boat's parked. We're not moving for the night. Yeah. That's when, before it was all weeded out, you know, you get big flatheads off there. Yeah. And he was, like, waving his oar around and stuff like that. And I had my adopted brother, Michael, and he's, Michael's swinging the oar back at him. <laughs> just like, and then we, they, we wouldn't move, so they finally left. Man, sometimes I don't get it. I don't get it. Just a bunch of, not high-class people. Uh, yeah, sadly to say, yeah. There, a lake draws Every demographic, every type, every, every type. type of person, from the multi-millionaires down to the penny pension, yeah, no one talk bad about nobody, but the lowest of the low. Yeah, I mean, it really does. It's a, it's a body of water. Who doesn't want to be by a body of water? Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, that would scare the hoo ha out of me. I'll tell you what, I got one where I was scared in a different way. Um, me and a, my buddies, we um, probably about. That's probably 17, 18, right there along the legal limit to be your own adult. Um, we'd go up to Hoover and Allen, and we'd go off Hogback Road and go fish and all up and down. And being that age, we was also sneaking 12-pack in, you know, going, you're having a good time for the night. And I never once really got into any trouble except one time. We're down there, and we're fishing away. And mind you, it's the three of us. We got the little lanterns out. We're not having any fires, but we got lanterns out. And my buddies, we always had water bottles, right, And that we put our beer in and everything. So we're down there with our water bottles drinking, making funny and laughing, ha, ha, ha. And uh, next thing I know, I see a flashlight come bobbing down. And I'm like, oh, crap, guys, guys, guys. My buddy Richie looks over to me and goes, shit, I don't have my license. I'm like, oh, man, you don't have your fishing license. He's like, no, I don't have my license. I'm like, oh, man, crap. None of us were old enough to drink. We were all that one year. I think Richie was the oldest. He was 20 years old. And uh, so they come on down. Hey, what are you boys doing? Oh, I'm just fishing. Looks over at Richie. What are you doing? I'm not fishing. I'm drinking. Holds up his water <laughs> bottle. Holds up his water bottle. And mind you, we're in a state park. And we look at him. We're like, huh? <laughs> are you that dumb officer goes what you drinking he dead looks at this water bottle looks at the cop water uh-huh let me see that comes over point that ain't water so then you know you know he knows we're down there we're drinking he starts questioning us who's got fishing license obviously richie doesn't have his fishing license he's the one who gets the water bottle in his hand me and uh, my other buddy we, we Shut her mouth, deny nothing. I, no, I don't know nothing. I'm not drinking. I'm fishing. Here's my fishing license. No, 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 no. So we all get drug up, and I'm thinking we're all going to go to jail. You know, I'm up in Columbus. I got to go to work, I think, the next day. I forget where I was. Steve Austin's or something. I'm scared. I had never been in big boy jail yet. And uh, going through the whole ringer, scared to death. Well, lo and behold, you know, he's to the guy goes to him and goes, well, I can do one thing. I can... Give your buddy here the beer ticket and no fishing license. And then I can impound your guys' car because you all seem a little bit drunk. Or you can just, you know, all share the beer and you get, all get tickets or whatnot, and I'll let you call for somebody's car. And we're like, no, no, 
It's not our beer. No. No. Richie's like, I'm going to kick your butt. I get, it's not mine. You know, he's, he's upset thinking he's going to be the only one to go to jail. Well, luckily enough, somewhere along the lines, they figured out we we're just having a good time. Or they, I think they actually might have got a call that was maybe a little bit deeper. Wound up writing Richie a ticket. We were not. We were told not to move the truck whatsoever. So we had to call my buddy's wife. She came down and picked us up. But uh, yeah, it was it was scary to say the least. Mm-hmm. Because and what, nothing. We didn't lose any fishing equipment. We didn't. Richie simply got a open container and no fishing license. And we kept all of our fishing gear and you know, got back in the truck, drove away. And I think that was the last time. I'm not one now in my older age. I don't like fishing public property. I like to fish private property. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the last time I tried risking anything on public property. Just, it was not cool. <laughs> not cool. And didn't catch anything the whole night. I mean. Yeah. Allen Creek. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was either Allen Creek, one of the back channels, or it was right off Hogback Road. I couldn't remember. Like we went so many times. Hogback, you ever been up there around Hogback? I've been to northern end of uh, um. I don't know where Hogback is. So that's up on the north end of Allen. Um, it's curvy road. I could drive there. I can't really tell you there, but there's a shale cliff that kind of goes so all the way down. So a buddy took us down to something like that. That may have been the only time. I, if I have, it's only been yeah, once. Yeah, and so we'd slide down the shale cliff to get to the bottom, and then you'd fish either upriver. Um, you could see some uh. Electrical poles, electrical conduit, okay. big thing. That was upriver, and there was always it was right on the bend of a river, so there was always logs and everything. But we fished there, we fished, we fished a lot of areas up in Columbus. Um, one of our good friends lived up there, and that's where we ran to every weekend. So, a lot Columbus of sneak- got some hidden good fishing. Oh yeah, a lot of sneaking into golf course, Africa Road golf course. Mm-hmm. There's big bass back there. We've been ran off there a couple times. Here's a hint for everybody. So keep in mind what I did for a living. Uh, Greenlawn Dam is surprisingly underfished for large animals. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of guys casting for smallmouth, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's some of the biggest gar in Ohio are there. Uh, there's some big catfish in Greenlawn. Big catfish. We nice. pulled we pulled some flats out of there that were probably 40 or 50 with electroshock. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there's some monster, monster fish. Go f- like, Greenlawn is uh, really underrated. Like, a lot of people there are fishing for panfish, and they're fishing for... Smallies and stuff like that, and they're there, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's always bass. some fish there, huh? There's always some fish there, yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, it, it's nice. Greenland, I like a lot, okay. I'll have to check that out. Maybe me, Sasquatch, go up and do some flathead fishing up there, yeah. And you can, uh, I think you can still drive down to the one area, so you don't even got to go up the big hill, heck yeah. Uh, but it was, it's always nice. There's always people there and stuff like that. Like, I like when I fished Columbus a lot personally. I always like to go areas that I wasn't going to be the only person like walking around constantly. Yeah. Because Columbus can be not the nicest town. Yes, I know this very well. So like there's a really nice walking path there that about every couple minutes somebody comes past, yep. which is enjoyable, you know, to see a human that's in case something gets weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's humans coming by. Well, because there's also always the one weird guy because I've been up a few times and there's always the one weird guy that's camping somewhere right off the path oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, he's going to come by and ask you for a cigarette five times or some change and want to tell you 500 stories and every time you just keep walking a little bit further a little bit further further. yeah uh i'll tell you about the naked girls at um okay so me nick so everybody's not familiar um we're fishing the dam all right so we're on the walking path that's right beside the river fishing for muskie uh, so we're above the car bridge. Okay. But we're, there's a new bridge there now they installed recently in the park. Okay. So, like a little footpath. I yeah. Think. Like a little footpath yeah. bridge. So we're actually right about where that thing is now, but uh, the old way. So it's me, Nick and an old guy, really old guy. And this is like March and maybe the end of February, early March. It's real cold, but we're trying to get the first muskie of the year. Yep. Uh, and so is the old guy. And past the car bridge, so probably 150 yards down, the old guy's like, well, he's like, the old guy's like only 30 feet from us. And he's like, hey, look at that. I'm like, what? And we look down and there's a girl stripping. Like a college girl. Middle of the night or middle no, of the middle day? No, middle of day. Broad daylight. Day. And so we're all watching. Well, yeah, well, why not? And another one comes out that starts getting naked. And another one and another one. And then some guys come out and start getting naked. And we're like, 
we're about to see an orgy. <laughs> and the old guy is just like, I don't know what's going on. And they all jumped in, swam around from it, and got out. Polar plunge. Polar plunge. Yep. But uh, it was one with a lot less clothing than I've normally seen. Yeah, I'm, I know we used to have the one at, I believe it was Hoover, they had one we'd run out and I think means. Me and Richie did that twice. Nude? No, not nude. So I think this was a college group, because uh, they got nude. Well, more power to them, but out. Right by the road. Yeah. But there's because that little that little drive you can park at is where yeah, as yeah, soon as exactly. they can run back into the car and get right back. I would, I'd worry about slipping and falling. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at no. home. It's just big jagged rocks. Exactly. It's all nasty. And then the muskie grabs you. Well, if you want to catch a muskie there... Um, Sasquatch says you just stand on top and drop a uh, bluegill over the edge right there in the where it flows out. So I bring you, creek chubs. All you gotta do. It's people will cast, 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 cast. I catch more musky there on creek chubs fishing for catfish yeah. than you do anything else. Yep. Live it's, bait. Yeah, they get so many, so much garbage thrown at them every day because uh, they're stuck there. Well, and they're also, I mean, musky are they're super smart fish. They're so do not ever, dumb. Do we ever talk, talk about their intelligence? I don't know if we did. I think I know you did at one time on one of this one uh, of the podcasts, but I, uh, but so muskie have a really different brain. Yeah. Uh, so when you think of like there's there's problem solving fish, muskie aren't one of them. Uh, mu- it really it's how you would cut intelligence. Muskie have a weird photographic memory, so when they get caught when they're little, they remember everything about that pain. Oh yeah. So they don't just so. You look at bass, bass kind of forget. They kind of don't care. Older bass will kind of pick up on stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but muskie will remember. They won't only remember the color of the lure they bit. They'll remember the time of the day, the weather conditions, and time of the year. Yep. And they'll pretty much never bite again in their life in those conditions. Yeah, that's why. So in three or four times getting caught, there's the type of conditions yeah. that they'll bite again as adults go way, way down. down. Yeah, they're very instinctual. Yeah. They're, they're long-time survivor fish. Mm-hmm. So they're not, like you said, they're not the problem solvers trying to, they're more and They want to be open water, more. they're open water rovers. Yeah. Uh, and big, big rivers. Yeah. I mean, they're designed to be, they're the color age, they're designed to be sitting deep in the water and come up to grab food. Yep. That's why their eyes are aligned and stuff like that. But yeah, they're not pike. Pike and muskie look very similar, very similar externally, but they're designed very, very differently. And when they're younger, they're often mis... mis oh, yeah. Mis- we just had the, the grass pickerel at Yeah, Indian. so they had a grass pickerel caught, and everybody's right against away. Northern pike, northern pike. It's grass pickerel, but it don't really matter. Yeah, well. Wait for the chains to pop up. Yes. Yeah, and also seen uh, another, some other other article today that made me think of, um, about you, um, bowfish, bowfish hunt, bowfish fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, getting it's getting a pickup people are getting more into it now. hate it bowfin fishing bowfin fishing oh yes, bow yes, fishing bowfin. i thought you bowfin fishing yeah yes more bowfin are, are awesome those that's powerhouse a, fish yes those are ancient ancient instinctual predators yeah we have a bowfin fossil at ohio epa that has a t-rex in its stomach yep. a baby t-rex heck yeah so they've been around mia calva mia calva actually just got split into five species in the u.s uh, which we we already knew, but it's been coming for a while because they've been one species, but they go all the way up into northern Canada, all the way down to Florida, out yep. west, and all the whole New England slope. But no, yeah, they're a powerhouse fish. Bass fishermen friggin' hate them because <laughs> they destroy gear. I have to catch a bowfin, so I'm gonna have to look read into take it and it, check up at. We'll take you to the St. Mary's River. It's about the closest place near us, so you can get them. All right, pretty regularly. All right, uh, you fish the oxbows and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, bowfin okay. are. I love. Them. I need a new pet one. I've had them on and off for years. So have you? Uh, have you ever caught a fish without hooking it? Yeah. So we've noodled out of Arkansas. Did it one no, time. No, I'm or, talking about caught a fish rod and line without hooking it. Oh, like it, we have got, you ever lassoed a fish? I don't think I have. I think the only time I ever had is when like they were actually hooked. Yeah. And maybe pulled the hook after they. No, no. So you did. You lassoed so one. So not just me. It's happened twice now. First time it happened, my uh, little buddy Landon. He, he was probably the first junior angler ever, and it was three years ago. Coming up, he wanted to learn how to catfish so bad, and he was, finally got into it and finally started learning. I, he uh, he was reeling in, had a tangle of a mess. Now, this one, I think it might have been just the tangle of the mess and the loose line and everything, but fish wasn't hooked. The hook was perfectly around the, the uh, line, and it was kind of figurated around the fish. And he's bringing it in thinking, oh, my God, this is huge, it's huge. And I was like, wow that must be the luckiest thing ever. 
Well, then last year, me and Sasquatch were outside, and we were just fishing for flatheads the way we always do. And um, we brought it in, and when I got it to the uh, seawall, even before I pulled it out of the water, you could see the hook perfectly behind the dorsal fin. Dorsal fin. Dorsal. Yeah, dorsal fin. Perfectly behind the dorsal fin, the line sticking straight up, perfect single wrap behind the pectoral frame. That's awesome. Perfect lasso. So we immediately went live in the group. Um, showing it Showing off. it. The hook was not into the skin. So I've seen it personally happen twice. The only thing that I have... So we when we go fishing for long nose gar, we don't use a hook. Yeah. That's use yarn, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. We actually take the nylon rope you get at Walmart for catfishing. Mm-hmm. And we fray the end of that up, yep. And we tie that to a bait, and they'll pick it up and get all tangled. But so that, but that's still kind of hooking. Yeah, you're using the yeah, hooks. Yeah, it's just a different form. But I've, yeah, I've always, never done that. I've that's always awesome. wanted to write a little kid story about Pecos Pete and lassoing the catfish. Lassoing the big lasso catfish. Lassoing the catfish. I think that'd be a cool kid story, children's book. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you why I hate snowmobiles. Okay. We, I think all fishermen hate snowmobiles. Freaking comes, hate them. Man, hate, I tell you hate what. snowmobiles. And it's really not always their fault. Sometimes we need to light ourselves up better, but they can slow down. Oh, no. <laughs> I, both of my bad experiences were midday. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, in that night, I have so much, so much light up stuff because yeah, that's, that's my a, biggest fear. Yeah. And getting smoked. So, at Indian Lake, we're fishing, ice fishing under, or right beside the Moundwood Bridge. Okay. Big blue shanty. Yeah. It's not hard to see. They started doing circles, and they kept get, every time they would pass, they get closer and closer till they would actually hit us. Man. They bumped us on purpose. And I was out there. I was throwing rocks at them and all kinds of stuff because they hit it. They could have killed us. Yeah. Then that year, a guy at Burt Lake, a guy was goofing off with a snowmobile, went right through a shanty, killed him dead. Oh, wow. Uh, father of Lake Three. Man. Just like a guy in his 30s, because uh, the snowmobile was goofing off, lost yeah. control. The guy on the snowmobile was fine. Hate snowmobiles. Yeah, I kind of feel you on that. I got friends that are snowmobilers, and I feel it on both sides. They always are you know, telling me, hey, at least let your guys know not to be like on the blind side of an inside corner. Um, don't be out in the middle of the night with no lights whatsoever. So I mean, they, and, but in all reality... And you look at it, it's 5% of the people that cause the problems. Mm-hmm. That's not every single one of them. The guys that are out there 90% of the time are not the ones that are going to run you over, just like the ice fishermen. Most of us out there, we know safety. We want, we don't want to die. But, yeah, as always, there's also there always is that one fisherman that he'll go out and he'll sit up on the blind side of an inside corner. And with no lights, and with, I mean, he just sits up there, and even though he hears snowmobiles all around him, I just hate him. Yeah, I hate him because like the last just past year, we lost three tip ups because they went through the middle of a fishing camp. Oh wow! And we're running over everybody's gear. See, that's just. I think there should be like lanes. I think they or area, so like open area and like Indian Lake's is, a great example. Really, people fish. Yeah, ice fish in four spots ish. Yeah. 98% of the lake, of and there's nobody fishing. Yep. I don't know why you got to be in the area where they everybody's fishing. They always want to go through the same channels. Burt Lake, all the Michigan lakes. So I'm using, I ice fish Michigan an awful lot, so I use that example. Everybody sits in the same spots. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, there's, you only fish in these little areas. We're not in the middle of nowhere. Like, Burt Lake's four and a half miles wide. We're not in the middle of Burt Lake. Yeah. You know, it's, there's no point to it. So why are you have to come into these areas that fishermen are in? To fly through, and then it was really bad at Long Island that one time two couple of years ago, because they come out of the game preserve. Yes, they always and they are just flying. fly right through there. Yeah, because you can open it up for almost two miles straight. Mm-hmm. But there's kids and everything on the ice. Yeah. It's just, and the more, the more recreational and known we get, the more people we have coming out mm-hmm. onto the ice. And like this year, we had um, one of our junior anglers. Their, their uncle was out with one of them inflatable. I don't know what you call it, wings, an inflatable wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulled behind them. That was so, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see more of that. And then, you know, you got the ice gliders and everything. Mm-hmm. I really, really, and I, 
they need the cordon off area. Yeah. They say, hey, snowmobilers, this is your area. You mm-hmm. won't have us ice fishing. You won't. You do whatever you want. Um, I know that's you can't limit people on state property. But you do. But you should. I mean, well, look at, imagine it was boating. Yes, very true. You have shallow waters, yep. no, no wake for no safety wake. and erosion. But well, for safety. technically they do say in the channels they're not supposed to be above vital. And I know 90% of the snowmobilers do not follow yeah. that. And so, yeah, I mean, basically you got to put it out there that uh, the ski zone yep. for the, yeah, I agree. And it's also about enforcement. If we, had, I mean, Ohio, I hate to say it because I love the ODNR, we don't have nearly enough enforcement. When the lake freezes over, you got that much more land, and we don't have any more game. No, and it's not the game warden's fault. No, it's, it's not their it's fault. It's above. Yeah, it's definitely above. Uh, I worked with those guys a lot, and it's game wardens are fine, but like Ryan Kennedy here in my county, I think he's running three counties right yeah, now because a they lot don't of them have... are running multiple counties. So, there's one man, and like. At one of the guys I know, he always says to me, do you think people break the law while we're standing here? You know, when, when they always talk about, well, you've been sitting over in that coat for a half an hour. Nobody breaks the law right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. You could have 10 of them. If they're all going out there and they're being known, less people will break the law. You'll have less tickets being wrote. But just having them out there and on patrol doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. Nobody clearly goes up to the We got hated. ODNR. We got hated a couple of years back. I know our one in Clare County, Michigan, his name's Josh. And he'll come. Uh, he worked for a similar company I like I used to work for. Okay. So we hit it off a long time ago. Like, I had Bofin stickers on all my, all my stuff, and he loved it. But he would sit in our shanty, and he'd watch everybody else through our shanty. Hmm. So we weren't favorite people. <laughs> no, you didn't. Nope, I bet not. But I was like, uh, I, you know, we're there, especially that lake. So that lake had a lot of problems with a lot of little pike going in buckets and a lot of perch. Everybody's like the perch don't get big. It's like because everyone that gets caught, yeah, gets thrown in a bucket. Yeah, they don't get the chance. Yeah, perch are one that you cannot keep harvesting them at seven inches and think that you're going to have anything. Yeah, in a couple years you're going to have you're going to have fat seven inches. Yeah, that's the most they'll grow. <laughs> most they will grow. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's I got um one. You know where um we talk about urban fishing. You know where Whetstone Park is up in Columbus. Mm-mm. So it's a real urban like uh, playground and whatnot, and they had a fountain up there. And this is probably my first fishing memory, first fishing story. Um, I was living with my grandma. My uncle was, I think my uncle was like six years older than me. So I was probably three, maybe two, and he was nine, eight. And I had a Snoopy pole. And I, I mean, I just, I'm a little, I don't even know if it was really Snoopy. It could have been Batman. It could have been Robin. It could have been whatever. But it had a practice bobber on it. And I do remember I was able to wing that thing all through the house. Anywhere I wanted, I'd wing it, and I kind of used it, and that's how, as like a projectile. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, but um, I actually wanted to go fishing, and my uncle would ride his bike up to Whetstone Park, and he'd take his fishing poles, and he never brought fish home or anything. We never ate fish, anything like that. It was just the act of fishing. So I remember he takes me up there one time, and I... I'm winging out with this practice bobber talking about how I'm not catching any fish. You know, I'm getting young kid upset. Obviously I'm not having fun. It's hot. I remember looking down and seeing little baby catfish just right in the, I mean, it's shallow water beginning with, I only think it's like two or three feet, but it's probably not more than two or three inches. And my uncle reached down and picks it right up out of the water and says, look, I caught a catfish. And I got so mad at him because he wasn't even fishing. He didn't even have a fishing pole. He, I was so upset, and I, I, I went home, and we well, obviously went back to my grandma's, and I did not, it was, wasn't until my adopted dad got with my mom that I ever went fishing again. <laughs> but I remember being upset at my uncle, like, how could you do that? <laughs> and I mean, yes, when you're young, there's no point to be upset. But that's something that's, growing up, that's always stuck with me and just seeing the silhouette of the fish. I wanted to get that thing so bad. And now I realize I'm never going to do it. Don't have a hook. But reach down, pick it up. Yeah, if you're listening to this, Uncle Tim, thank you for the addiction for fishing. (laughs) Definitely is an addiction. I still am angry at you. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. He's, we, he, he taught me a lot more about other sports. We did a lot of uh, sports growing up until I was probably about, when I got back into fishing, and that's when my 
my mom got well my dad adopted me and everything so his name was fish so then that's when we went out and started real fishing well there you go yep have you ever seen any otters in indian lake i have not i haven't even seen a beaver at indian lake what i i don't i guess like i said i fish private properties so you don't see a lot of wild i see cranes every once in a while I don't know. The beavers are bad in Indian. I know. I know where they are. I know where to avoid them from. You don't get yeah. Orchard Island Bridge. Yeah. So that's probably why I don't see them. But no. So we were we were fishing Moundwood really late one night for Saw Guy, and as I was walking along, uh, we were not using the headlights or nothing. Mm-hmm. I kicked a big black snake, and it started wiggling and stuff like that and hissing. And I'm like, what the heck is this? What the-? it was an otter. <laughs> I'd kicked an otter. It, I guess it was laying still, hoping I wouldn't see it. Oh wow! And I'm kicking, like walking over the thing, kicking it. Jeez, scary. Otters are scary. It didn't charge you. No, it t- it took off. It wasn't that big a one. But in Chicago, there's actual like a lot of otters in Chicago. Yeah, we've had them try. Like we were sampling, so we had boats full of fish. Yeah, and we had them try to get into the boat to take fish. Oh yeah, and I've heard they can be very aggressive. They're, I mean, they're big weasels. Yeah, very aggressive. I know minks are. I mean, I've seen the minks up around. When you kayak down through them, the minks will sit there and watch you fish. And, oh, yeah. You know, they're waiting to see one of them that gets gill hooked or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll swim out and grab it. But, yeah, all them scavenger fish. No, the only thing I've ever been attacked by is geese, I oh. can say. Geese are geese. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of geese. I, I don't understand they're ugly. What's the purpose? They're of one geese? Of the, yeah, they're one of those <laughs> birds that, man... I'm not pelicans are another one. Pelicans. Somebody's gonna get really mad at me at this one. Other than looking at a pelican, what niche does it fill? I'd have to look. You I'm, can't eat them. I mean, oh, you even, mean for like sports? You and stuff? can eat them. I'm sure they don't taste great. What eats pelicans? I don't know. Because Arkansas, you can eat sandhill cranes and you can eat uh, wood storks in Arkansas. And I hear. It's some of the best Sand stuff. Cranes. Yeah, it's the um, ribeye of the sky. Yeah, yeah, that's what they yeah. say. Yeah. I bet you a pelican tastes pretty good because they eat a lot of fish. Man, we got a high influx of pelicans at Indian Lake. Now, right? I wonder, so they are technically native. We we haven't got to talk about this. They're technically native to our flight path, but they're classified as uncommon visitors. Uncommon. Visitors. That, but it's only been labeled as uncommon migration for three years, four years. I'm not sure. I think because if I go back, because I have one on my phone. But I think they're going to move over this way more and more. Yes, they are. They are. So was it just whites and Indian, or are there any browns? As far as I know, I just, they see the whites. Okay, because browns are federally protected. Yeah. And let's, let's maybe maybe you know this, because I don't know this. Actually, I do, but I'll be that. Yahoo. Do pelicans only eat shad? No, they eat everything. They eat everything. They do so not sit there and People make the go, video jokes. But pelicans like grabbing and biting at like a capybara or whatever, yep. and that's what they're seeing of how big it is because they can't tell how big their face yep. is. So they're seeing if it fits. Like, I mean, they eat birds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, pelicans, reptiles, will eat anything that'll fit into its mouth. I'll, I'll probably say at Indian Lake, a big chunk of their diet will be shad and sunfish. Well, what's really hard, sad is we don't see a whole lot of shad in the lake for the last year and a half. Oh, there's no food for them. So exactly. we talked about this. We talked about this. We last talked episode. a little bit about it. Yeah. So shad are the only species in the U.S. that are not limited by predation. Yep. Their only limitation is food source and the plants and everything. The mussels yep. have cleaned out all their food source detritus. Yep. So they'll disappear. But uh, last year I seen spotfin shiners finally moving back. Some golden shiners. Lots uh, of uh, red. There's some dace and stuff like that. So the little minnows are moving yep. back into those niches. So. A couple of years, there'll be big schools of actual minnows. Yeah. Well, uh, we got the silver side minnows and one other. There's another big school of minnows that was sitting out there last year. Somebody was sitting watching. But yeah, the, the pelicans eat everything. everything. Everything fits in their mouth. It's just like a crane. Cranes don't just eat fish. Cranes will eat squirrels. Cranes, eat whatever cranes they can eat catch. eat a cat. If they can catch it, they'll eat it. Yeah. Cranes will eat a cat. I've seen uh, seagulls eat squirrels. Now, I got a question for you. Any of those pelicans, do they have... Because I haven't been out to see them yet. Do they have the crest on their nose yet? Yes. Yes, they have the crest. Most of them do. Hmm. And they're not leaving? I mean, they're, they'll leave when we get boats out. And that's the really weird thing. So, I've lived at Indian Lake for 23 years. If you've never lived in a lake community, it's like Groundhog Day going through high school every 10 years. 
So like every 10 years, it's a cycle and it's, mm-hmm. it's a society cycle. It's a, you know, places build up, they die down. Um, it's a cycle. So it's a very interesting lifestyle to live within a lake community. Cause you do have every type of demographics. Um, we haven't had the boaters coming out onto our waters as early in the year. It's been falling back further and further into the summer and they've been leaving later or earlier and earlier into the fall for a while. I just noticed on my Facebook timeline, it was 2017. I was complaining about the number of boats up on the lake at the end of March. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I was complaining about the number of boats on the water and the number of uh, golf carts driving around the islands in March. And here we are in, you know, beginning of April and still there's no, Mm -hmm. hardly anybody. And it's been that way. And I think that's kind of what leaves these pelicans here longer is we're not getting our boats out. People are not going out and enjoying the lake as early as they used to. Everybody wants eight degree weather and sunny days. And that's not reality. Hmm. Enjoy the lake at all times. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I love it. No, I think if we got our boats out there and people were out enjoying the lake, they would leave quicker. I'm just curious if they'll establish ever. So they get those big crests as as sexual display. Okay. So that's when they're getting ready to breed. Yeah. So most of the time when they're in Chicago and stuff like that, because they're everywhere in Chicago. Yeah. Pelicans are uh, for like stuff like that. That's when they get their big crest. Okay. Well, like when they're down south for the winter, they don't have them. So that thing grows. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Does yeah. it like fall off? I I don't know if it gets reabsorbed or it falls off or if it breaks like from them. Wa- you know, because it's really thin. There's not much to it. Yeah. Uh, it's but, like a rudder. Yeah, but they get it. They get that big crest when they're getting ready to breed. So they breed in the Great Lakes region. Yeah. So yeah, most people don't realize it. Like a lot of pelicans in the U.S. breed in Chicago. Yeah. Breed in Lake Michigan. Breed, you know, and then they go they down. Do not they breed follow, in Florida. Huh? They do not breed in Florida. Right. Even though everybody's known for seeing them all down. That, and Florida that's where they spend the, win- or yeah. the winters and stuff like that. They're pelicans, and there's native. There are pelicans that don't leave. Just like we have geese that don't leave. We have geese that travel. Yep. Twenty eight thousand. You got Canadian geese yeah. and you got American Canadian geese. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious if in the next couple of years they'll establish because we're in. Definitely I really a, hope not. I mean, you ever heard about Summit Lake in Indiana? Uh, no, is it full of pelicans? Man, you can't. Just all the fish are little. That's just packed full of pelicans. The the they'll fix your spillway problem because there won't be a fish in there. Yeah, they'll fix a lot of problems with the lake. No bail. <laughs> yeah, we'll go on a bit for one. It won't be a resort lake for a whole lot longer if you get that many pelicans in it. It depends. Yeah, people are like to look at them, but I can guarantee they're you pelicans. nobody's going to want to live with them. Like, I mean, they're fine to look at, is what I meant. Yeah. They're not like. Yeah. They're, they're not going to eat bird. all the fish either, but they will put a very big impact on it. And they're very selective in their diet, as in fish, because they have to eat close. Like, you're not going to see many of them swallowing down a flathead. No, no. Because uh, they're not diving out of the bottom. You nope. know, they're eating That's stuff at the top. That's just what's really in the top one or two foot of the mm-hmm. water column. They Easy. really enjoy carp. And they enjoy smaller fish as well. Oh, yeah. They will they eat, eat a big fish. They yeah. will eat plenty of big fish. I've seen ones in Chicago that literally cannot get back up in the air because they've eaten like a 25-pound carp. See, I'm not one. I just don't like, I don't know. I don't like birds. <laughs> <laughs> I have no geese. I don't like. There's no need for them. They crap everywhere. They're ugly. They look like they're going to rob you. <laughs> they're so tasty, though. They probably are. I've never had geese. Canadian geese are so tasty. Never had goose. I had a couple guys always offer one, but I'm not. I wouldn't even know how to process it. So their breasts are like steak on like really? domestic waterfowl, like that turn white. Like they are such a deep red. Nice. They're so tasty. Nice. That's all I can think about. Wood duck's really good too. Yeah, we had some. Um, oh, we have what's the white, black and white ducks? Buffalo head. Buffalo heads. Yep. There's yep. buffalo heads. There's hooded gansers. We got some buffalo heads come up. Around Indian Lake. So, yeah. So, they're an uncommon one for our flight path, too. Yeah. Uh, I heard, man, and here's my philosophy, my, I guess, my, my theory. And I read it somewhere, so it's really not even my theory. One of the big hurricanes has... Pushed them of off. Pushed them off. And then it's, well, we're here. It's not that bad. All right. We'll come back here next year. See, I, I think it's partially that, and I think it's our lighter winters. Because yeah. we've been in a cycle of lighter winters, so I think they're expanding into yeah, new areas. That's true, too. Because so why they picked the Mississippi Flightway because they knew there would always be open water because mm-hmm. it's always moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they got up north, like stuff like we just well, we just went to Georgia, but on the way down we passed you know uh, not very far but probably an hour from here a big thing of megansers, which are an uncommon one for our flight path too, but big big flock of megansers. 
Wow. I've never seen them in Ohio. Really? Uh, and they're the hooded McGansers, so they they are, look like a buffalo head, but they got they so buffalo heads have big round white and black heads. Mm-hmm. Hooded McGansers have flat, big white and black heads. Okay. So from the sides, they look almost identical. Okay. Uh, it's when you're looking at them, you can kind of see that one has a big bulbous head one and one has a mohawk. Yeah, and yeah, and they're fish exclusive eaters. Yeah. So a McGanser looks like kind of like a loon on crack. Like their bills are serrated. Yeah. They're nasty, nasty. Oh, yeah, that's mean another birds. one. We got a ton of well, not loons, but comrades. Comrades, yeah. We got a ton of them. They'll move off. The shad are gone. Yeah. They're they're small fish specialists. I mean, they eat perch and stuff like that, but I mean, their bread and butter is bait fish. Yep. I mean, they're like mini pelicans and stuff like that. You know, they move often. Yeah. Those well, then, well, this spring we've had so much more rain, so much more. You know, I mean, our waters are chocolate milk, mm-hmm. and last year they're crystal clear. So the you know saw guy guys are a little bit upset. You got to kind of find some clear water and up on the north side and probably the best bet um bluegills are starting to pop real good and starting to hit some bluegills here and there and bass we uh had junior anglers down at the moundwood uh last sunday and uh had some bass guys bring in 5.14 a five pound bass 5.14 so for anybody who says there's no bass over five pounds in any lake yes there is that's pretty good. Yep. We built a little live well up there for them and everything. I so seen they, your live well video. That was neat. Yep. We're going to do a pool draw off right off the uh, thing. So, um, and then April 22nd, um, we have our Indian Lake cleanup. So, anybody who's listening and is local to the lake, April 22nd at 9 a.m. Unless you're going to the live show. Yeah. Unless you're going to his live show. Just pick it. But no, the lake cleanups are always nice. Yep. We'll do a lake cleanup and then we'll do a junior anglers lesson afterwards, probably with some Ned rigs and whatnot. And then. That starts starts the beginning of our tournament season. May 6th is the Rodney Hughes Memorial Crappie Tournament out of Chippewa. And we also have the Junior Anglers Derby. And then the May, then I think June 9th is our, oh wait, no. May 20th is our bank tournament. June 9th is our spring tournament. And then we skip July. And then August 3rd, 4th, 5th is our annual it's after August, September, and then some September, I think, 9th, 10th, 11th is our last fall one. The big catfish tournament. Yeah. We'll be in Hawking. Oh, we have a Bigfoot conference that weekend. Oh, I haven't fished it in years. I just... It's not what it was. We used to draw 1,200 people. I remember. I and... Literally, we were fishing when it was really big when we were young. Well, I say young, but, you know, or 20 and stuff like that. And the whole lake... Yeah. It'd be nothing but lights Yeah, at night. I mean, we still draw 400, 500 people unless it's three years I've been kind of helping working with it. We're, our average is about 450 to 500 people. So this was probably, I don't even know, so I'm 28 now. Young. So this is probably eight years ago when that, everybody knew that guy cheated. He brought in those big blues. He said I, they were channels. Do you remember that? I, I somewhat remember. I know there's been a couple of guys that have. And I'm yelling. I was yelling because I'm like, those are blue cats. There's no blue cats in Indian. Mm-hmm. I was go like, there's no blue cats in Indian. And he's like, they're, they're channels. They're just really dark channels. I'm like, no, I know channels could be purple. Anal yeah. fins straight as an arrow. Most people will confuse a channel for a blue. I don't yeah. know too many people that confuses a blue for a channel. Oh, gosh. I'm like, he just went down to Cincinnati and got him out of a pay leg. Probably. That's all he did. And that's, he won everything. Him and his buddy won first and second, and that was the year we won. We got fifth. Wow. So I was... I was no, high. I know the first year somebody turned in a flathead, they actually disqualified him, I think. They, yeah, when they started actually yeah, starting to Yeah, he disqualified him first and the second year. I know I know. since they've been doing the, the polygraphs, and that's, you know, that's another sad thing about, you know, you got to do a polygraph now. Since been doing the polygraphs, it's been it's been pretty, pretty fair. And I think it was that year... When they started the polygraphs. Probably. Because everybody was so mad at the weigh-in. Because these fish were, like, so that was before the flatheads. Yeah. So, like, you know, big fish was, like, 19 pounds, something like that, maybe. No, I think 12 pounds 12, was, like, the biggest fish something. for the longest time. And we had, like, we had, like, an 11-pounder, but, you know, it was ounces. You know, yeah. it was yeah. all. From, Everybody's down to the ounce. And uh, they brought in ones, like, the blue was, like, 25 pounds. It was something stupid. It was, you know, it's in the tank, and it doesn't even look like a real yeah. fish. Yeah. No. That's ridiculous. I mean, but yeah, that's when, it, you know, I don't even remember what grand prize was, but it was all 
Not a small chunk of money. No. It, I think always, back then, first place was always 2500 bucks. Yeah, at least. It was guaranteed $2,500. Yeah. I think they did a 7500 payout guarantee. Because I think fund. we got 300 bucks or 500 bucks for, yeah. fi- or for like fifth or sixth. Yep, it's been going on. This will be the 28th year. That's Almost crazy. three decades. Three That's decades. awesome. Yeah, and I'm honored to be helping uh, Jeans. Jeans Marine is the yeah, one puts who it on. puts it on everything, so I'm honored that they let me is do this. Is it still at... That pull-off going back to Mountainwood? No, we've actually moved it to the Mountainwood Shelter House. It's at the Mountainwood Shelter it's House. It's at right? the Mountainwood Shelter House. That way, when I, we're right there by the water. You, you know? throw them right back in yep. whatever. Well, and then, well, last year, what's really funny is, you know, last year, uh, you've been in tournaments. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, it was get the fish to us. As long as it's alive, when we put it in water, we don't care. So people bring in fish on the back of tailgates, fish baskets. Last year, we kind of, I, I expected a lot out of the fishermen. I said, hey, no, got to bring it in live well, a bucket, a transport tank, something. So I had some backlash. Obviously, nobody likes change. But most people understand did it. Well, I realized I had one 100-gallon tank, and I weighed in over 100 fish. <laughs> I need more tank. So I this year went out, and I think all total, we can hook up 700 gallons we have four 100-gallon tubs and then one 300-gallon tub. So we're probably going to keep one or two nice fish, healthy fish, every day and then have a thing where kids can come up and you can learn to hold the fish. Um, for somebody who's going to yell at me, oh, five, six guys hold a fish, will kill it. Listen, not necessarily. You can harm them by having the slime coat and everything, but that's what we're going to teach the kids wet your hands, Mm -hmm. pick them up the proper way. So we're going to have a little corner of kids come up and maybe hold a 15-pound flathead. And I may not have caught the fish, but I learned how to hold the fish. So to that, there's a petting zoo with sturgeon and catfish Mm -hmm. at Freshwater Farms, and they get pet by several hundred people a day. Yes. And they haven't died. No. And they got some massive sturgeon up there. You know the one that has no fins? Mm -hmm. I feel bad for that fish. Do you know the story behind those fish? No, but I've known... I've known lots of stuff. I've used to Kennard Kings Creek. You know where Kennard's Kings Creek is? Kings Creek, right there in Urbana, Kennard. Oh, yeah. Kings Creek Creek. I used to run up and down that fishing when I was 13, 14, 15 on all types. So there's been a crocodile pulled out that they had there at at that farm for a while. They have, they've had a lot of cool stuff, but I know I have no idea how he lost his fins. I just feel bad. So they were from, Sturgeon do that in captivity because they rub. Really? They rub their own fins off. I just what sturgeon do. Whale sharks, like big big fish, do that. He they are from a project from another facility. If they were going to be destroyed after the project was over. Oh, okay. So he took them in. Well, that's not a bad deal then. So yeah, but uh, yeah, because the whites like the whites don't. No white wants to be in captivity. That's a white sturgeon. Yeah. Uh, so he's got whites. The ones that are in display are lake sturgeons. Yeah. The ones that are back around the corner are whites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see that they they have like they always have like a left fin or a right fin that's completely roped off. And you, they're they're old. Yeah, uh, and they're not very big for being old. No, and so that's they're why from I a also genetics f- project. I feel bad for them, fit man. Those are fish that live much longer than us sometimes. Oh, weight weight surgeons. We think they can live to be seven to eight hundred years old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, much longer. Lake surgeon could be one hundred fifty, one hundred seventy. I would never want to put one in captivity. Buffalo. Buffalo fish here in Ohio, they're the oldest fish. They're the oldest fully freshwater fish in North America. Really? Buffalo, the buffalo carp buffalo? Yeah. Buffalo sucker. Buffalo sucker, yeah. Sorry. No, that. it's just a sore subject for me. It, it will sucker carp. It's, uh, it's we, a had very this, we had this discussion with Native. Yes. They are native. But Carps no. are not native. They yeah. are naturalized. Uh, so, no, buffalo can live to be over 120 years old. Wow. And we think they may be functionally extinct. There's actually a big fear that buffaloes are actually extinct. Now, that may sound weird to everybody at home, like I see buffalo time. When's the last time you've seen a little one? Yeah, functionally extinct is totally different than the extinct. When's the last time you've seen a baby buffalo? Keep in mind, when they're 8 pounds, 9 pounds, yeah. that's a 40-year-old fish. Yeah, that's a big that's one. That's a fish older than most people that are holding it. Yeah. So, And then buffalo get 80, 90 pounds. That's a hundred, you know, 120-year-old fish. So we're worried that they stop breeding, that they stop reproducing because the water quality is so bad. And they just live long enough to where people haven't noticed. Yeah, exactly. As uh, long as you see a couple of them every year, you think they're still good. And they spawn in, uh, in the Maumee like crazy. Mm-hmm. Every year, that's the the thing that spawns in between walleye and white bass. Okay. Uh, and they'll run up there, too, and they spawn just like a walleye. Yep. Uh, 
We haven't seen babies. I worked in electroshocking crew forever. Wow. Didn't see, never, never seen a baby buffalo. Never seen a baby. Well, 99% of species are all extinct anyways. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it's nothing new. There's new We're species just coming along every time. New species coming. But they are a big part of the environment that most people don't realize. Oh, yeah. That's why I can't stand bow fishing. Because it's indiscriminate killing. Very true. It's in any other hunting, and I may get hate on this, and I'm fine with it. Any other archery hunting, you are expected to be able to ID the animal you're shooting. Correct. And kill it within reason. Mm-hmm. So in Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, I spent a lot of time down there. I'm sorry, I got on this kick. No, you're fine. Uh, Keep going. Alligator gar are starting to get protection because they're going out. That's the last strong suit of them in the world. And the bow fishermen are like, well, I can't tell the difference between an alligator gar and a long nose gar. So then you shouldn't be shooting it. Nope, you shouldn't. They I don't look that. the same. Yeah. They they really don't. I mean, a little like any. So now they're only allowed one gar over three foot a year. Wow. Uh, and it's like. The amount of dead buffalo I've seen at these dams and spillways from people shooting them and like, I kill all these carp. No, you didn't. There's not a carp in that pile. <laughs> it's all buffalo. It's all buffalo. Yeah. It's all suckers. Suckers are so important for the environment. People don't realize. Yes, they, they are. If you kill all the suckers, which buffalo are, your fishery will collapse. Yeah. That's why. That's one of the big things I can't say about the upper DNR here in Ohio. Not the game wardens. They're great people. The, the top the, tiers. The, that they are managing Lake Erie so stupid hard for those stupid walleye. Mm-hmm. And it's causing sucker collapse. It's causing bait fish collapse. So there's guys that can't catch animal shiners anymore that are using 150-foot seine nets. Wow. Uh, wow. We were shocking. Uh, so let's see. Where can I say about this part? We were shocking somewhere on Lake Erie. The site three years before the walleye rise had, we got 15,000 emerald shiners. When we shocked it last or two years ago, we had five. Yeah, that's now five thousand. Yeah, five. Five. That's decline. Major. They're gone. They're yeah. gone. We're using electricity to the biggest generator we had. To, we can't find emerald shiners at Lake Erie. Yeah. Well, man is slowly tiling our waterways to death. Oh, the I tiles! Mean, oh my gosh. We're tiling that, and people wonder why uh, groundwater is low. Well, we're not letting groundwater. Water don't get to go back in the ground. I mean, it's it's common sense to people who understand it, but it's kind of Every, boggles my mind when people, so people say, don't well, understand I don't it. understand it. Everything's asphalt, and what's not asphalt is field. Yep. Fields are tiled to get water into the creek as fast yep. as possible. So water's not going back into the water tables. No, water is being funneled and diverted to where we want it to go and then collected and retentioned until the dam can spill it over. And you don't see as much leaching down to be actual groundwater. I mean, there's a reason the U.S. is in a water crisis that nobody's talking about. Yeah. I mean, they're about to, like, literally, I bet you in the next two years they're going to close Vegas. Well, there's uh, there's lots of stuff out west, you correct, because lots of, like, Lake Havasu and other reservoirs, they feed a very resort-style life where there mm-hmm. is no water. Um, there's lots, of, and I like, just like Indian, like, everybody wants to resort around the water. And when you have that mass amount of people, usually their last care in the world is the health of the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, so what's every that? boat puts out oil into your water. I mean, I don't care who you are. Oh, you got it don't a boat, matter. It don't you matter. You got a boat. There's always that exhaust, rainbow. Blah, 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 blah. It's exhausting. Under the water, you are putting oil in There's it. always that rainbow. Yeah. What's the lake that's out there by Vegas? I'm, I always forget the name. Lake Mead. Yes. Yes. So they found so many bodies, cars, boats. But Jay was out there last year for a bowling tournament, and he's walking around where there should have been 30 to 40 foot of water. Yeah. It's gone. Boat ramps ended 25 feet yeah. above the water. Yeah. So water's gone. Like, water will be, water's a big issue. Well, I mean, I, th- those were natural lakes to a point. I mm-hmm. mean, they weren't dammed up naturally, but they were. Some... So that was a big river. Yeah, it was and a big gone. river. Exactly. Then. Like you mentioned on one of your other ones, think about all the you know the r- valleys that we flooded, that are still. I mean, they're still holding water. There's because we're still tiling water to them to hold. Yeah. So we've people have to understand osmosis. You take from what's heavily dense over here to move it where it's not heavily dense over here. You, you don't have more water. You've just, just spread moved it, it. And moved it, and now you're going to lose that water you've moved to here from somewhere else. Yeah. I think here in the next, uh, I'm not one for global warming and climate change and all that hoopla, but I do think here in the next 30 or 40 years, 
humanity's going to have to take a good hard look at how we treat water. Or it'll look at us. Uh, yeah, I mean, or we're going to be starving and dying. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, water is the basis for all of life. So we're not making the earth uninhabitable. Yeah. We're making it uninhabitable for us. For us. Or only us, yeah. too. Something else, There's you, you, you can't get rid of all life. It's impossible. No. The earth has tried several times pretty dramatically. Yep. We have an episode coming out on another show about the great dying that still nobody knows what caused it. That's 99.8% of all life. Plant, talking animal, about the 12,000 year, every 12,000 some odd years. No, not that. Okay. But So the great dying was at the end of the Permian before the dinosaurs. Okay, okay. I, get, uh, I know you're... Everything died. Yep. Nobody knows why. And it's weird because other mass extinctions, we kind of can see at least some kind of factors. Yeah. And it was one of the most flourishing ecosystems ever to exist on Earth. Yeah. And that, well, like just, uh, and lakes and rivers and all the areas we fish are actually the, they're, they show the signs of change much sooner than you see it in the air on the land. Oh, fish, yeah. I yeah, mean, so I mean, amphibians are the best indicator. Yep. But just the problem in the U.S. is most of them are gone. Yeah, that's also another scary one. That'll be interesting to see. I think we're at an hour. Well, that was fun. Yeah. We held a little bit of fishing stories. <laughs> yeah, then we got on tangents. Yeah, dumb tan, but then you know what it is, what it is. But I hope everybody out there enjoyed this. And uh, like I said, check out Indian Lake Face. Yes. Check that out. Yeah. Make sure if you don't know how to spell it, forget about it. Check out Indian Lake <laughs> Fishing Reports on Facebook and all the tournaments we have up on Indian Lake. Come out and help clean up the lake. Please do. If you can, please yep. do. And then uh, you got your stuff. I know it's not fishing, but... Oh, so yeah, we got our live show coming up on that same day. So yep. don't go to it if you're cleaning up Indian Lake. But if you're not cleaning up Indian Lake, come down. Post Town Elementary. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, it's a haunted haunted school. Yeah. So we're not talking about haunted schools. We're actually going to talk about atmospheric creatures. So we've been holding back uh, videos and stuff like that. Some really cool videos. Awesome. Because we don't get the chance, being a podcast, to show that kind of stuff very often. So this is kind of a cool, you know, thing. Well, what's also really cool, atmospheric creatures are a lot like fish. They mimic the. It really, it's a very, very similar environment. Yeah, I mean, air and water. That yeah. is the exact. What is water? H two O. Yep. yep. Hydrogen, two oxygen, or two hydrogen and oxygen. But yeah, so make sure you check out the Indian Lake page. And Go to the lake cleanup if you can. Corn. Yep, and check out cryptos of corn and all their stuff that they're doing. Also, thank you. I think that's pretty much it. All right, tight lines. Solid hook sets, I had to remember. Yep, toodles, y'all. See you guys. Tight lines. In solid hook sets. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to leave a five-star review. And please, share it to a friend that would enjoy, and leave a comment. 